Hello, hello, hi! Welcome to An Absolute Gag. It's the podcast where I like to talk to people about the moments or performances that left them speechless. I'm Tommy Bullington, and let's get ready to gag! (laughs) Oh, goodness. Y'all, it has been... (laughs) A weekend. I feel like I say that all the time now because all weekends are, um, you know, a struggle. Uh, but this one has been especially struggling because, fun fact, let me give you a peek behind the curtain. You know, I'm going to be like the Wizard of Oz, Joel Gray in Wicked. Just see me behind the curtain here. Um, so my guest today is one of my favorite favorite people in the world i adore him so much he is an actor he's a performance artist he's a musician he's actually launching a brand new youtube channel that you can go check out his page is called who mike jones 21 he's wonderful his name is michael jones and he is my guest today and here's the thing (laughs) We recorded about this topic on Friday night of this weekend. Um, I'm speaking to you on Sunday afternoon. Uh, Not that you really need to know that. I don't know why I said that. But anyway, uh, he recorded on Friday night and we spoke for about two hours. Now, this is pre-editing. You're going to get the edited version. So don't worry. You're not in for a two-hour yet. Listen. Down the line, there probably will be a two-hour one, but this one, uh, two hours of audio, and through the program that I use called Squadcast, I we end, and we're all like, this was an excellent episode. Oh, my God. We went on and on, and we just had the best time ever. This is great. And I don't see his audio recording on my end. <laughs> so... I kind of panic because I have my file, but I don't have his file. And so then I think, well, we have to record again. So we had scheduled. <laughs> this is the the things that go behind the scenes of making a podcast. Uh, Michael and I rescheduled and we were going to talk literally in about 30 minutes. I am talking with Squadcast support. I emailed them and I'm like, hey, I don't see his audio. What's wrong? Blah, blah, blah. And then this morning, as if it was early Christmas, they sent me his audio. So we have it. We have the original episode. We didn't even have to do a makeup episode, which, by the way, we were not going to hide the fact that we were going to be recording again, that we were... (laughs) That we had already made these points and that nothing new was going to be happening. Well, yeah, no, new stuff was going to be happening. I'm full on arguing with myself over here. Oh, welcome back. It's so good to see you. <laughs> I'm losing my mind. But before we get into my interview with Michael, let's go ahead and shout out our charity focus of the week. Our charity focus of the week brought to us by my guest, Michael Jones, is the charity Connor's Cure. Now, this has something to do with our topic today. So Connor's Cure is a combination uh, charity that was established by the V Foundation, which is a 
uh, is a charity based for um, cancer research and everything. The V Foundation and the WWE, you know, wrestling, uh, which is the topic today. <laughs> Buckle up. <laughs> They joined forces to raise money to support pediatric cancer research through Connor's Cure. Connor's Cure was created in honor of eight-year-old WWE fan Connor Michaelek, who battled medulla blastoma, which was this rare tumor that affects the brain and spinal cord. Uh, this kid, let me tell you, you should you should go ahead and YouTube Connor's Cure because, like, even if you're not into wrestling. Uh, you will cry when you see this kid. This kid is adorable. He's so sweet. Um, and he was introduced to the WWE. Like the WWE got to know him through the program, uh, make a wish foundation, the WWE and make a wish. The wrestlers are some of the top, um, top requests of people to visit these children in the hospitals. At one point, John Cena was the most requested person by children to come and visit. And he did the most visits. Uh, so it's a big deal. And this kid just became like, it, it, they all just fell in love with this kid because he was so sweet. And he was so funny. And like, uh, his favorite wrestler was Daniel Bryan, who we're going to talk about today. And uh, Daniel is um, has the heart, like a huge heart in real life, uh, and fell in love with this kid and like gave him everything, like gave him you know merch and donated money and everything like that. This kid was so great, and then unfortunately uh, the child passed away, um, and. Now the WWE in the month of there's a month that they dedicate fully all their programming to this foundation. And they have like a little symbol that all the wrestlers wear on their armbands and stuff like that. And it's just really, it's really sweet. They did like a whole memoriam for him, like during one episode, which is very rare for them to do that to not like a wrestling uh, like a former wrestler or anything. It's like this little eight-year-old kid who was like the best. He was so cute. And um, I cry every time I watch <laughs> the little uh, package, uh, video package that they did for him. It's, um, it's so sweet. And anyway, but anyway, it is my honor to uh, shout out the charity Connor's Cure today. And you can go and look at Connor's Cure or research Connor's Cure through the V Foundation on their website, www.v, just the letter V, dot org, backslash Connor. Uh, and that's Connor with C-O-N-N-O-R. So that's where you can find out about Connor, Connor's Cure and how you can donate. And you can see all the stuff that they do for this foundation. It's great. It's wonderful. It's very sweet. Um, yeah, I would look into it because it's it's wonderful. So it's it's my honor to shout them out today in the name of our guest, Michael Jones. And that is our charity focus of the week. Okay, so spoiler alert. I obviously told you what our topic is today. <laughs> I'm already hearing people be like, pause, turn off. Listen, don't, okay? Because you you just got to hear the passion that Michael has for it, but also I have for it. So yes, I am coming out. It's one of the things, it was easier to come out. 
it's easier to come out as gay and not, you know, than to come out as a wrestling fan. I've been a fan since I was a child and I never stopped. It was like, I couldn't stop watching it. And uh, my love grew stronger and stronger for it. When I like started to get involved in like the internet wrestling community and researching like all the like rumors and whatnot. And you saw all the behind the scenes, like drama that was going on. It was like, so basically, you know, wrestling's drag, uh, it's drag with like athletics, um, put in with it. It's real housewives with athletics. Uh, they're all the same. It's all in the same world. Uh, even like soaps like Dallas and dynasty and all that. It's all in the same world. And it's because I love it because it's just, heightened it's ridiculous it's heightened but yet i'm so passionately involved and invested in everything so obviously it works <laughs> they've done something right obviously because i am um, i'm 34 and have been watching it for 20 years <laughs> anywho uh it's really great i um I I love it. I'm sorry. I'm 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 gonna be honest with you. I just I love it. And you know, sure the men are hot. <laughs> but that's like secondary, okay? I don't think with my you know, I think with my head. I think with my brain and I feel with my heart. <laughs> but anyway. Oh my god, I'm so I'm embarrassing myself. Anyway, uh so Michael chose one specific match and one specific storyline over a few months. And it is quite a detailed breakdown on both of our parts of this great storyline and um, just a genuine emotional reaction to, uh, to this, like to, you know, to, it's a great example of how, the career of one of these performers can dictate and tell an incredible story just by existing. It's just real life. Um, his career is real. Uh, obviously, producers and uh, bookers and agents and stuff dictate like win or lose of like matches and like where he goes in his career. But we get to see this wonderful natural storyline and real honest life as it's happening right now, him going from, you know, this, this guy who is kind of like everybody respected him and stuff. Like he was talented, but like everybody respected him and stuff, but he was never going to be like the main event star and watching him go to main event star. And if it's only for this moment, like if he only has this moment, that's okay because it paid off beautifully. And I'm so excited to talk about it with my guest today. So I don't want to waste any time. Here is my interview. The first recording not a makeup recording. <laughs> Here's my interview with my friend, Michael Jones, and his absolute gag. Welcome back to the pod. Oh, it is episode 18 and ding, 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 let's get ready to rumble with my guest. 
one, one of my favorite people. I adore this human so, so much. They are an actor. They are a musician. We were working together right before the pandemic started. We were robbed of our opportunity. He allowed me to dab at him every night. At the end of our show over at the Factory Theater. I miss him so much. Please welcome to the pod, Michael Jones! Pyro, 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 pyro. I'm just walking in, doing the, the stride. No one can, like... It's funny, someone once was like... Stumble Steve Austin has one of the best entrance themes. Yes. One of the best entrances. Yes. And all he does is just angrily walk towards the ring. That's all he does. And anyone can do it, but literally no one else can do it. No, because he like loses control of it. I love this. I love that we are just getting right into this. Right. I love it. Because he like loosens up everything in his broken neck. And then like he just like loosens up his like legs, but he like or his arms and he like stomps down. It's so good. I don't know what the key, the secret is. It is. It's just walking angrily to the ring. I love it. It's truly something only he can do. Yes. It's better than every three hour entrance of the undertaker that happens every listen here he deserved it (laughs) well towards the end it was because like he couldn't move (laughs) you're like listen we have the undertaker book to to wrestle for 20 minutes so we all know the 15 minutes of that is (laughs) having nxt call-ups just reaching for him as souls I guess so. He's getting paid like ten million a match, so like they're like we can get him in, get him go. Um, Mike Jones, I'm so excited that you're here. How have you too? How have you been doing with everything considered? You know, everything considered, I've been doing pretty well. I just moved into a new place recently with my girlfriend, uh, which is really nice. Our cats rule the place, of course. Um, (laughs) But no, it's really nice to to have our own place to really set it up as we want. I have this room I told you a little bit about earlier where I kind of do all my things. Mm -hmm. As you mentioned before, I'm a streamer. streamer. I'm a a musician. I'm a performance artist. And recently I've been streaming on uh, Facebook, on my Facebook page. Just kind of some music uh, every Friday, Saturday-ish. Um, in January, I plan to stream every day, uh, for the month of January. We'll see what that does to me. Oh, Um, I love uh, that. That's a fun project (laughs) in the way future. Um, but yeah, I'm just trying to keep myself busy, trying to keep myself, uh, putting art out into the world. I kind of felt like I was, I wasn't doing that too much when this whole thing started. It really, really took a, took a toll on my mood, you know? Yeah. No, just, yeah. Just being, just being on stream every Friday, playing a couple songs that, I like to play a couple songs that I wrote and just uh, it's, it's really fun. It's really liberating. It's really just made me feel way better about the whole thing. Well, you're lovely. You're so talented with uh, your ukulele. <laughs> 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 That's the proper pronunciation. <laughs> actually, no joke. It actually is. 
The Hawaiian pronunciation is ukulele. So I once did a, I don't know if I could talk about this. I think I can. It's fine. I once cut it out if you have to. (laughs) I once did a demo recording for a musical version of 51st States. And it was like going to be like, it was just submitted to producers and stuff and just an idea of the score. And, uh, I sang the song of like the brother role, but they made, um, they changed Drew Barrymore and her family to be Pacific Islanders, like to be truly from Hawaii. And so that was a line (laughs) in it and in the song. And so I had to learn how to say ukulele correctly. And I was like, Okay, I got it. I got it. Because, like, my immediate Midwest is like, you Kalaili. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, fight it. Fight it. <laughs> I know I can do this pr- correctly. I know I can do this. <laughs> uh, no, but I, I applaud you also for being on video because the reason I did this is because I was like, I don't want anybody to see me right now. <laughs> <laughs> Podcasting's fine because nobody can see me. <laughs> so I, 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 well, I play. Another thing I do is I play D and D. We play with our cameras because, like, we used to play in person. Um, and we just, hey, Fred, what's good? Uh, <laughs> we, we just, you know, we're just so used to seeing each other that I'm so, I, I, I'm so, and I'm such a, I'm such a physical person. Oh, same, same. That, even like in a lot of conversation, uh, even though I know that I'm going to be, you know, just a voice on this. Like for you and I, I know that I'll I'll come across a certain way, and I can I can I can my my face and gestures are, are very important to, to how I communicate. Is the oh. is the end goal of the conversation I'm having here? <laughs> no, I'm totally the same way. I still like one of my former guests said when I. I said, I made a joke about, I made a face and, but she couldn't see it because I was on podcasting and she was like, no, I knew what face you were making. (laughs) (laughs) Cause I just, I'm the same way. Expressive. I, I have to edit out 500 times that I like hit my mic, but (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Mike, I have a very important question for you. Okay. What's that? What is your absolute gag my absolute gag is kofi mania kofi kingston versus daniel bryan at wrestlemania 35 kofi measuring the champion about Kofi Kingston. Yes. We do have to talk about Daniel Bryan it's, a lot. Yes. Because like first of all, more than anything else, I love how Kofi, how Daniel Bryan has this story, right, where he he was just kind of this 
plucky underdog from the Indies. Yeah. Made it to WWE. Was on <laughs> NXT before it was cool. Yeah. When it was got a fired. Show. <laughs> <laughs> got fired. Came back. And the fans were just super behind him. Mm-hmm. He goes to win on. He goes on to beat Triple H. Mm-hmm. And then Batista and Randy Orton, right? Yeah. Batista. Yeah. Uh, at WrestleMania, which was in my hometown, by the way, New Orleans. Love it. And then he gets a, a terrible neck injury, can't wrestle anymore, says he's never going to wrestle again. Miracle, he comes back, and Daniel Bryan gets on the mic and is like, hey, um, I think we should recycle and <laughs> eat less meat. And then Vince McMahon was like, now we boo him. <laughs> And he ran with it. You are so right. Okay, so (laughs) I know so many people are just like, what is happening right now? So so we are talking about pro wrestling, and I am a huge fan along with you, and it's one of the things that we connected on, and I love how, like, it's kind of a secret. Like, you kind of have to figure out who's in with you as being a fan. So like my way now is just to like wear one of my shirts and see who says something. And yeah, I'm you like, can't you go. can't see someone in merch and be and not say anything because it's like, yeah. oh shit. He's, he has the, the CM Punk thing. Yeah, yeah. He knows. He understands. <laughs> They're like, I see you. I know you. <laughs> so, I will say especially right now it's really cool seeing people with like AEW like face oh, masks and stuff. Yeah. And like, oh or the the amount of like indie like oh, uh, merchandise sold is amazing. But so okay, so the, <laughs> so basically, you are referring to the main like one of the main events of WrestleMania thirty five. Yeah, mm-hmm. and what is it about this specific match in that specific moment that just gags you, leaves you speechless? So it's it's the the crowning moment of of a very long story being told, both intentionally and unintentionally in in wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, something really interesting I once uh, heard in re- in re- reference to wrestling was that in like if you watch a television show, one episode and another episode uh, might happen. You might watch them a week apart from each other when they air. Yeah, but those events might be one week from apart from each other, two days apart from each other, immediately after each other. However, in wrestling, the same week that I had from Friday to Friday, mm-hmm. Kofi Kingston had Friday to Friday. Yeah. <laughs> so the idea that from Friday to Friday, when I started watching wrestling in 2008, I saw Kofi Kingston wrestle. I watched him wrestle on ECW. I watched him win the uh, United States Championship. Uh, when I went to my first live event, Extreme Rules 2009, my mom brought a sign that said, Marry Me Kofi. And, and you know, as I watched wrestling on and off, I saw Kofi Kingston be uh, a phenomenal performer. Mm-hmm. Someone who truly, like, understands both the business and how to connect with the crowd and how to tell a story in and out of the ring. Yep. And, and finally, he gets to this moment where he he gets to have that recognition that he deserves, that he was always an A-plus player, mm-hmm. um, something I'll come back to in a second, but he was always an A-plus player. I have a quick question for you. Yeah, uh, go ahead. I have a quick question for you. I love this. WWE 
How many African-American world heavyweight champions do you think that there have been? There's only been like four, right? Four, There's five. only been four. There's only been four. There's only been four. There's only been four. And this, the WWF formerly, has been around literally our entire lifetime mm-hmm. and beyond. So, like, we're not even talking about from its peak popularity in the 80s. We're talking about, like, early, like, late 70s kind of shit. <laughs> and, like, four champions. Like, four African-American Black champions. Like, that is mm-hmm. unbelievable. And, and the, like, extra really cool thing is that Kofi is the first African-born yes. WWE mm-hmm. champion. Which is even crazier. Yes. Um, one thing I, I highly recommend uh, you watch if you can find if you have the if you can spend the ten dollars on the <laughs> WWE Network. They um they do this uh, documentary series uh WWE twenty four and Kofi has one and he talks about winning the championship and it's the year of return. Mm-hmm. They talk about how um uh the year of return uh for those of you who don't know was this moment where uh, after the the effects of slavery um, had had you know rampaged uh, black communities, black people, and their heritage. Um, basically, the the people were like, "Come back! I want we invite anyone with with this heritage to come back and and experience the this culture that you missed." You know, and he talks about the importance of being of being able to go mm-hmm. back as you know the the crowning. Uh, high, holding the highest championship in in his company, and being able to say like, "Hey, I I did this. I did it." Yeah, you know, it's it's really it's just powerful. Yeah, I tell you what, if you like, even if you are just like tangentially aware of pro wrestling in any way, you watch one of those twenty four documentaries. And you are like, what is this? I watched the one uh, about them having to to do WrestleMania (laughs) indoors this year because of the whole situation. And it's, these editors do their job really well. Yes. Because there was a lot of like, so like to understand kind of the world of wrestling, you have to understand that there is Mm -hmm. what's being shown to you on TV. And so that's like one story, right? But the fans nowadays, especially, you know, the internet wrestling community and everything. IWC. <laughs> Where's my boy Colt Cabana? <laughs> boom, boom. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, uh, uh, yeah, there's a whole different story happening behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the shit that like I'm obsessed with. It's like it is so you never know the full truth of what's going on. Mm-hmm. And so when you bring up the WrestleMania from this year, 36, right? That was this 36, year. yeah. This I've year. lost track. Like, I, I, <laughs> I unironically Googled which WrestleMania it was that I was talking about like six times today. Cause I was like, I don't remember. <laughs> well, because they finally dropped the numbers and they're just like, it's <laughs> WrestleMania. They're all WrestleMania. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> joked that they're now WrestleMania and like some kind of clip art. So it's like <laughs> WrestleMania pirate. <laughs> like WrestleMania son. <laughs> but here's the thing. I'm down for it. I love Wouldn't it. Wouldn't you be down for WrestleMania space? Um. Yes. 
Is that even a question? Yes, I would. Oh my god, I would lose my fucking mind. Yes, and but like, there's there was so much drama behind the scenes because you had two people who were supposed to be. It was supposed to be their crowning moments, like between Braun Strowman, and then you had Drew McIntyre. It's supposed to be their like uh, Roman Reigns. Oh, Roman. Well. Because it was no, supposed to be Roman, Roman Reigns. Yes. And then all the Corona stuff happened. And then yeah. they were like, and now it's Braun Strowman wrestling Strowman. Goldberg. What are you talking about? Who's Roman Reigns? I don't know who you're talking about. No, no, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. No, thank you. Uh, yeah. It, there's just a bunch of people who were supposed to have their moment in front of thousands and thousands and thousands of people and like a crowning achievement of their career and then it's all taken away from them mm-hmm. but yet they still have to act and perform as if all those people are there are there and like that is like that has to be the toughest it, mind it must be, in your whole it, life it must be completely weird because like unlike acting like in a play like you and i do mm-hmm. like you know yeah the audience is important and yeah we feed off of the audience in one sense or another but in wrestling, the audience is an unbelievably integral part of the storytelling that is what they do in the ring. Absolutely, As- because we have no way of knowing how to feel immediately without <laughs> that crowd telling us how to feel. <laughs> no, exactly. And even and even like small things, like for example, uh, one thing that I can even point to in the match that we're talking about, the, yes. the, the back to steer this back to. Um, <laughs> One thing that's a very important moment is whenever uh, there's like a rest in a in a match, and like mm-hmm. you know someone has someone in a submission hold, and your tag team partner starts to clap to get the audience to start clapping to rally behind you, right? Yeah. And you see like moments where Xavier Woods does that for Kofi in in this match, and just like you watch even now where they're using the sound bites from the WWE video games. By the way, <laughs> I get what you're yeah. going for, but this isn't real this isn't real like you know (laughs) no i no i totally agree like it is and that brings us yeah to the match uh what was your what was your immediate like reaction when the moment happened like what were you feeling i cried (laughs) i I cried to another small kofi kingston story uh, one year for Christmas, my mom, she was, we were like, mom, what do you want? We were still pretty young. She was like, all I want is a Kofi Kingston action figure. <laughs> and so we got my mom a Kofi Kingston action figure and she still has it. She still has it on her desk at work. She's a teacher. When he was wrestling on ECW, WWE CW, uh, mm-hmm. I was watching when he was in that Survivor Series uh, match uh, headed by DX and they were in that promo yes. and, and he was just like, Hey guys, this is exactly what Randy Orton wants. Blah blah blah. <laughs> and they're like, "Aren't you Jamaican? Like, shouldn't you have a dialect?" Because Kofi Kingston was brought into the WWE oh as this like Jamaican, like Islander With guy some of the who like worst promos you've ever seen. Oh, so bad. He's it's like so coming bad. out here. He's like with a coconut in his hand, and he's like, "Ah, it's so nice here in Jamaica." <laughs> And he sees some people like roughing up a lady in the back, and he's like, "Ah, looks like it's gonna be trouble in paradise." <laughs> it's so bad. It's so bad. So immediately, 
it's so important your uh, your entrance or your um your your debut for an audience to get the character and everything. And sometimes it can define a person's full career, entire career. And so there was a second where we were like, what's this guy? He's it's terrible. It is like straight from early nineties, like weird. Super strange one aspect, super hard gimmick. Like, yes. that's all he was. All he was was Jamaican. Yeah. Which is, like, pretty standard in wrestling where they're like, you're a cop or you're <laughs> the Mountie. Like, you're from Canada. You you're do the my Mountie. taxes. You're Duke the Dumpster Trozy. You are a garbage man. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, Mr. Isaac Yankum, D- uh, DDS. <laughs> the Repo Man. No name, just the repo. Just the repo, man. That's all you need. <laughs> so, like, so there's there was no other layer to him, but he came in, and the thing that he had to his advantage is he is incredibly athletic. Oh, my goodness. And can, like, he's, like, he can do stuff with his body and his balance and, like, grace <laughs> like <laughs> that, like, I can't. I mean, I could never do what he Notoriously, does. Kofi Kingston is, uh, you know, uh, known for his Royal Rumble escapades. Uh, right. Royal Rumble, for those of you who don't know, is a match. Uh, <laughs> very complicated. Made by the late Pat Patterson, actually. Mm. Um, Queer icon, Pat Patterson, RIP. I know, big, big I mean, he, He's a former wrestler who came out late in life to the public, but was completely out to all the boys in the locker room. Mm -hmm. And they didn't mind at all. And like, he's just one of the like crowning stories of acceptance. Anyway. Yes. He created created this match called the Royal rumble (laughs) where uh, 30 men wrestle uh, one by one entering every 90 seconds and uh, for those of you who don't know, I'm using some major air quotes when I say every 90 seconds. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a very cinematic 90 seconds, if you will. <laughs> it's one of the craziest examples of like, is it like placebo or like, what's the thing where they like <laughs> make, they fool an audience into thinking that's true. They fool thousands of people into thinking that's absolutely right. And then once we hear the like 10, 9, 8, we're like, oh yeah, that was 90 oh, seconds. That was totally 90 seconds. <laughs> Not knowing that five full ass minutes passed. <laughs> Oh, but yes. So the thing about the Royal Rumble is the only way to be uh, uh, to lose is to be thr- is to have your feet touch both feet touch the uh, bottom and going over the top rope. Correct. So every year, Kofi Kingston would find a way to jump over the apron and onto the barricade that uh, that's between fans and the ring, and he'll yes. like walk on that and then jump back into the ring. Or one year he. Um, he jumped onto the announce table and then jumped onto mm-hmm. a wheelie chair and wheeled himself back. There's one, <laughs> there's one year where the New Day helped him by throwing pancakes and he was stepping on the pancakes. He, like, it's incredible. And it's something that, like, he started doing it when 
he was kind of so there's a there's a phrase in wrestling where you're a mid-card guy mm-hmm. and you show up in the middle of the show of the card of mm-hmm. the wrestling and you are you're good like people like you and like you you're decent and everything but like we're not going to put you in the main event anytime soon and you know Kofi or like uh a yeah. detri- detriment to Kofi Kingston effect uh at the time he was a, a very a very well awarded superstar he was uh, yeah. as i mentioned before the united states champion he was the intercontinental champion before that which is uh, the belt that you mm-hmm. in in the ideal world you're given to to kind of breed you for success later on down the line, uh, yep. and of course even before uh, Xavier Woods and Biggie, he was a very uh, decorated tag team champion, tag Correct. teaming with uh, like CM Punk and Evan Bourne, uh, amongst many yeah. others. It's just he was he was someone the fans were really behind even then, just never seen as that you know, top of the card guy, not a Johnson or Randy Orton. Um, Not at all. And there was a time when he debuted and like everything, they, they tried to push him a little bit into the main event Mm -hmm. scene. And this is what's crazy about wrestling truly is that he had one moment where he made the wrong person mad mm-hmm. and that person I, randy Orton. i'm so glad we're telling this story <laughs> this this douchebag <laughs> the ultimate villain the <laughs> ultimate bad guy of wrestling randy orton <laughs> randy orton comes from a long line of rest of wrestling family royalty like at mm-hmm. you know especially at the wwe and uh just kind of has that golden child status and he got pissed at Kofi and he literally went to the head man, Vince McMahon and was like, I don't want to work with him. It ain't happening. I can't. The exact exact story was there was a match uh, on raw and Mm -hmm. Kofi was supposed to take a punt. He was supposed to take a punt, Mm -hmm. Uh, but he got up too early. And so Randy Orton got really mad. He hit him with an RKO, his finisher. And then he yelled into uh, loud so you could hear it. Stupid, 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 stupid. <laughs> and like, man, that's both like terrible, but also yeah. like pure great wrestling. You know? Yes. Uh, and Randy Orton has gotten a person fired after a match. Like full on went backstage <laughs> and said, "Fire him." <laughs> and they did. And they, and he, by the way, that guy, he, like, debuted that night. He came back that yeah, night. Yeah, he came back that night. And he was supposed to be, like, a huge deal. Just like, and, like the first time he was in the company. Yeah. <laughs> I love this. I love this so much. We should so start much. a wrestling podcast. Oh, my God. Yes. Dumb. <laughs> but, yeah. So, so yeah. So, basically, Kofi... Um, in his like mid card status, about uh, what was it? Early, what is it? Like two thousand nine, eight. Uh, when did New Day kind of start? New Day started in two thousand twelve, two thousand twelve, oh. two thousand thirteen. Yeah, two thousand. Oh, so yeah, two thousand nine was about when he was um, starting to 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 rock it up in uh, in from the right. mid card. I think he did the right. the thing with Randy in two thousand ten or two thousand eleven. Yeah, so he was kind of. Out in nowhere land with like no story or no anything. 
they decide to form a stable, which is stable for non-wrestling fans. It's a group of people who all have the same. Mm-hmm. They're on the same side. They're, they're, <laughs> they're a group. All, they're, they're, they're a, a group. They're a, 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 a homie. A, a faction. A homie faction. <laughs> Cut that shit! Don't don't air that. <laughs> no, we are keeping homie faction. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so they so yeah, they, they form this, this homie faction. Yeah, they bring this they bring this guy up from NXT, Xavier Woods. Well, Xavier Woods, who, he he was on the he was in the the program for a while. He was yeah, uh, he, he was like, with our truth at the time actually. Right. That's right. Oh yeah, they he were was, in a tag team. Together. They were in a tag team together and it was going absolutely nowhere. Nowhere. It was going absolutely so, nowhere. So he shows up with Biggie, who's this other guy who is just like pure charisma in a human form, like the most charismatic human you've ever seen in your entire fight. I think life. To, to to quote him himself, um, big big meaty men, big meaty men slapping meat. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So much. I love him so much. So basically, they try to first, it's this, they show up out of nowhere during a Kofi Kingston match, and they're in suits, right? Mm-hmm. And Xavier Woods kind of has on like glasses, almost kind of alluding to like a Malcolm X kind of like. Oh, without a doubt. Image. And strong energy. Yes. And immediately everybody's like, Oh, uh oh. Like we're we're a little concerned. We're already about... not ready. <laughs> we're already we're scared. Like, what is happening? And so they they all three kind of go off together and then they disappear for a little bit. Like they weren't doing anything. And then they started doing these vignettes of them as church preachers, like <laughs> like Baptist church, like <laughs> <laughs> insane suits choir whole choir of, of old black women Ugh. it's the new day and like it's a they, new day yes it's a new it is <laughs> so they come out and immediately everybody's like fuck this no I'm like this is stupid we hate this so they're supposed to be good guys or baby faces in in mm-hmm. uh, wrestling terms, and Preaching they the power don't of positivity. Yes, and they don't get over. And so, the brilliant thing that happens in wrestling is if it's not working, you commit even more to it, and you make it to where it's annoying. And, and then, then you just go with it, and, and then that's you can just be like, "Oh, now I'm now I'm heel. Now I yeah. now I'm a bad guy. If yeah, I continue now, doing it and you don't like it, it's because I get heat." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is good. This is great. <laughs> and so, and also, what they did, which is like truly the crowning achievement for me, is Xavier Woods starts doing a clap chant of "New Day Rocks." New Day Rocks and tries to get a large group of pretty much white people to do it. And it is it's so sad. It's it's, <laughs> it's dramatic how 
poorly. Some cities do the New Day Rock chant. <laughs> when they're in like Nashville or something. <laughs> and they're so it's so bad. But I but it also though, I've never heard that chant before or that like rhythm in a chant. And that was incredible when it debuted or when he started doing that. But like so basically these three become heels, but then because they're such good heels, fans love them now. So they're back to baby faces and they are silly, silly gooses. Like they just are the goose. They're clowns. They're literally clowns coming out yes. weekly. However, they're also three of the best workers that they have. Right. They still come out here having knockout brawls with the Usos, with the bar, uh, even in recent times, as people as uh, Shinsuke Nakamura and uh, uh, Cesaro mm-hmm. were other, another workhorse of the business. Give him Vince, give Cesaro the WWE Championship. Anyway, <laughs> we're begging. Yes, but like um, they—they're yeah. just so talented. They're so good in the ring, and Xavier especially. Um, and then oh we find God. out later on down the line that like. All three of them kind of have this quality, but Savior, so there's like wrestling funny, which is like whatever. And then there's funny. Yes. And then there's genuinely funny. (laughs) And he is genuinely hysterical. Like, is so clever, so smart. He's a right, he's a doctor, right? He has a doctorate. He has a doctorate, and he's also, like, a huge nerdy nerd. He has his uh, YouTube channel, Up, Up, Down, Down. Down, which is huge. Which is insane. He just he just got a uh, childhood dream. Uh, he's a uh, commentator on the new G4. I was on Twitter using the hashtag Creed4G4, so I'm really happy about that. He's, like, he's... He, he found a way to transcend using the internet using like being like a content creator in a way. Mm -hmm. And so people became, and people are obsessed with the new day and the three of them though, it's always them and they're always a team. And if they have a storyline, it's always tag team. Nobody's ever on their own. Yeah. Right. So tell me the setup for this match. Like, tell me what happens from here. Well, what happens is there's this guy, and his name is Mustafa Ali. Mm -hmm. And uh, WWE was like, hey, Mustafa Ali's hot. We're going to rocket him to the moon. However, uh, before he has, like, a couple matches where he's going to be, you know, put through the ringer, he gets injured. So WWE's like, we need someone to take his place in this match. So they just kind of handpick someone out of the tag team division, and they pick Kofi Kingston. Right. Because they also needed, sorry, they also needed, like, because it was a gimmick match, which it was in an elimination chamber, which is, mm-hmm. like, this big cage. And it's supposed to be, like, a high flyer. There should always be Oh, yeah, we a need high someone to, to, to jump off the, the top of the cage. Exactly. We need somebody to create the holy shit moment Mm -hmm. in the match. So who can we go with Kofi Kingston? Because he's always incredible. So So they get Kofi Kingston into this match and the fans are about it. And like the people are like, you know what, Kofi? Yeah, he should. He should. 
So he goes into the elimination chamber, puts on a five star, you know, yeah, puts on a clinic, goes to the end, wrestles against Daniel Bryan, loses. Oh fuck, so sad. How sad. But then there's still like a lot of people who are, and it, at that point, I'm pretty sure that they were like, we're gonna figure out whoever's gonna wrestle uh, da- uh, Daniel Bryan later down the line. Yeah, but- who can who can we call who's <laughs> already left the company and like <laughs> throw <laughs> money at them, <laughs> Mister The Rock? Uh, no, so they fans, however, are still really behind Kofi, and you can see that Xavier Woods and and Big E are still super behind Kofi, mm-hmm. and so they kind of really start petitioning to get Kofi, and then at Fastlane, one of the pay per views before everything, they go yes. to Mr. McMahon, and they were like, "Hey, listen, oh, actually, I completely forgot the SmackDown before Fastlane, Kofi was going to have a match at Fastlane. He was going to wrestle Daniel Bryan." But then at the last minute, Kevin Owens returned, and Vince McMahon, the, the man who runs the, the business, uh, both in and out of storyline, in kayfabe, if you will, uh, Vince McMahon was like, hey, actually, Kofi's not going to get that match. It's going to be for, uh, it's going to be Kevin Owens now. So right. then at fast, oh, you were going to say? Well, I was going to say, here's how intense fans were already into the option of Kofi facing Daniel Bryan. You say to any fan, Kevin Owens versus Daniel Bryan, it, always, and people are like, give it to me. I want to see it. Give it to me. Give it to me. Give it to me. Because those are two indie darlings who like set the world on fire, right? But Kofi was so hot at that moment that people were booing the fuck out of Kevin Owens. They hated like, him. And, they, and, like, he knew it, too. And he was like, fuck, guys. And it just was so, it was so upsetting. It was so upsetting. But even, oh. so, like, even worse, then you get to Fastlane, mm-hmm. and Kofi goes up to Vince McMahon. And, first of all, I love, I love seeing Vince McMahon on my television. I think he is the perfect example of, of the man, you know? He yeah. can play, like, a perfect heel, t- heel character. Yes, And so, like, when they go up to Mr. McMahon, the the man, the boss, and say, hey, listen, I have been here 11 years. I deserve to be in this match, and I I deserve to be in it. And Vince says, okay, you know what? You want to be part of that triple threat match? Fine. You're going to be in a triple threat match tonight. Yeah. And he goes out to the match, and it turns out, oh, he's not in a triple threat match. He's in a, a handicap match. What? Against the bar? What? And they lay him out. They lay yep. him out. And it's mm-hmm. ugh, it's terrible. It's it's yeah. terrible. And so then the next week at, on SmackDown, they call him back out and uh, they dig into him a bit. You know, they're, they're like, hey, Vince, what are you doing? What are you talking about? He Kofi says how he's like, talks about how he's been, how he doesn't complain about anything. How he doesn't mm-hmm. complain about how he's always at work, how he's always traveling, how he isn't with his kids. How he has, there are younger people like Mustafa Ali, like Daniel Bryan, who have come up and who have gotten opportunities before him. Mm -hmm. And the entire time you, you also, you know, to take that step back, I'm watching this and I realize that, you know, he probably can't, you know, actually say it, but you also have to realize that as we've said before, before Kofi Kingston, there were only three other people who looked like me, who looked like Kofi, who held that mm-hmm. belt. And to be able to have that, like, 
yeah, I I know that I'm not getting this opportunity because of that, you know? Yeah. And yeah. the subtext, no, I just like the the great thing that Kofi did in all those promos, which are incredible, which he's just like so good delivering these monologues on the microphone. Mm-hmm. And the the whole time he's smart enough to know that the subtext is there. Like, we got it. We like, already know. know. We know. We're just like, <laughs> this is, you are, you are stating something that we know is true <laughs> in our hearts. And we are so fucking pissed about it. And it's just, it's a genius, like, it's a genius moment of this performer. And this is why I fucking love wrestling. This performer looking at, outside the world and saying, okay, I know the story here. I know what I can do just by saying words. I am creating a whole story. And it's just, it's so incredible what they could do that way. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> and it's just so, and it's so, I, I only can imagine how cathartic it must be for, for Kofi, Biggie, and, and and Xavier Woods to literally yell at their actual boss, the man who's actually signing their actual checks, <laughs> and and to be able to really throw out their grievances like that. And yeah. but, and 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 in another sense for for WWE to be able to to look at their grievances kind of in the face. Mm-hmm. Even you know, even if it is you know somewhat uh, uh, surface level, like and I don't know if they actually will take anything from it, but it's actually it's it's nice, is what I'm trying to get at. I like it. Yeah, no, I totally understand what you're saying, and yeah, so he um, begs and pleads and gets. So he has to he has win to a match, gauntlet, right? Match. He has to do the, the gauntlet, gauntlet match. match. Yes. He has to wrestle. I watched all of these this morning, actually. <laughs> Because I was watching, I, I watched the match like two nights ago with my brother, and then we were like, "Wow, this is great." But I watched That's that so promo good. package beforehand, and I was like, "Ugh, WWE promo packages are amazing." Yeah. Um, so I had to watch. So I had to watch the Gauntlet match and the next match we're going to talk about. But um, he has to wrestle. It was the Bar, so that's Sheamus and Cesaro. He had mm-hmm. to wrestle Randy Orton, who was last. Um, he had to wrestle Samoa Joe and Rowan. He also had to wrestle Rowan, so he had to wrestle those five guys. He wrestled the bar. Then he wrestled Rowan, who disqualified himself by hitting uh, Kofi with the chair. Yes. Um, and then Samoa Joe, which was a great match, man. Like, just the Samoa Joe section was great. Oh, I miss wrestled- Samoa Joe. He's going he's gonna to heal eventually, I hope. I hope so. I hope. <laughs> so uh, then he wrestles Randy Orton. You guys remember Randy Orton. We were just talking about him 20 yeah. minutes ago. Uh-huh. And it's so great because Russell, Randy Orton, as you know, wrestles a, a very monotonous, slow-paced kind of style. And right. wrestling someone who's already wrestled four other dudes before you really leads to that. And so it's great because you get moments like he is like throwing Kofi all around and he like takes Kofi by his face and he like shows him to the camera. And he's like, you're stupid. You're stupid. <laughs> it's brilliant and all of us are like storytelling because you go oh man I was there nine years ago when he did that the first time so anyway (laughs) so Kofi Kingston beats all five of these guys his music plays and it's like yes he's going to go to Wrestlemania and then who comes out the man Vince McMahon and he says hey Kofi listen good job but 
you're going to go to WrestleMania if you can be one more person, and it's the WWE champion, Daniel Bryan. <laughs> and so here he comes. You know, we all know what's going to happen at this point. Yeah. Like that, there's no way in hell that, w- that they're actually going to have Kofi win this one. And he doesn't. He puts on a great little match, like the it's five so minutes that they go. But uh-huh. he get, he takes Brian's flying knee and he goes down. And and there's this, this real moment of like, fuck, is WWE going to do it? Or are they are they really going to play with me like this? Do this <laughs> to me and Kofi? This is going to be very, very visceral, what I'm going to say right now. But they edge us so much. <laughs> like, they really oh do. And you're God. just like, just do and it. Like, come on. Put it in, God damn it. Holy shit. Oh, my God. You're right, though. You're absolutely right, though. Oh, but yes, you you nailed it. It like the they thought we thought that there was no more of the story, but there's still more to tell. You get there next week, and once again, they they come out and they're like, "We want Vince, we yeah. want Vince," and they go into him hard again, and they just say, "Like, listen, we come in here week after week, coming into this ring, we wrestle and we put our our asses on the line." For you, for this company, and we don't ask for anything. And right now, all we're at, we're not saying that we deserve the championship. We're not saying that we deserve that. We just deserve all that Kofi deserves is the chance. All he yes. deserves is the match to be there to have the one on one match for the championship, which he's never had. So Vince McMahon, and this is a this is a moment where I love Vince McMahon. I wish, however, I wish that we could get like Vince McMahon from just five years ago. Because right, it's right. it's so obvious that he is like a seventy five year old man, and yeah. he can't like have the same kind of like power in a promo. He kind of he kind of yeah. mumbles through a lot, but yeah. he he basically gives them the ultimatum of well, Kofi had his gauntlet match last week, so you're gonna have your gauntlet match this week. If the New Day can be four teams, then they win. Then Kofi gets to to go to WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. So they wrestled Gals and Anderson, which was real quick, which is really sad because I think that those guys are amazing. They're incredible. <laughs> yes. They're they're crazy, but they have a quick match with them. And then it was uh Shinsuke Nakamura and Rusev. Uh mm-hmm. that match that match was really good. And then the bar, uh again. The bar fucking up Kofi Kingston a lot. They hate that guy, I guess. <laughs> um, but the bar is the best part because not only do they have a really great match. After Xavier Woods puts on like a a crazy flippy do show, doing more jumps and flips than I've ever seen him do in his life, uh, he beats them. He gets the pin, and uh, Cesaro and Sheamus just lay out the new day. They just lay uh-huh. them both out. They take out a table and they put Biggie through. And then it's like, okay, well we have the last people coming out, and it's the Usos. The at the time they were the SmackDown Tag Team Champions, and so the Usos come out. The referee's like taking the table out of the ring, and Xavier Woods is like holding holding the charge, and he's like ready to fight for his friend, not only Kofi Kingston, but now Big E. And the Usos get on the mic and they say, they're like, hey, listen, you already know that Kofi Kingston has our respect. You already know that Kofi Kingston has the respect of all the people in that in the back back there. You already know that the Kofi Kingston has the respect of all the people out here in the WWE universe. So 
With that, we say good luck. We forfeit. <laughs> it's so good. Oh. And also, like, because it, as far as modern day rivalries go, the Usos versus New Day, they were for a while putting on literally the best matches of every pay-per-view, every event. They were the first ever tag team, like, uh, Hell in a Cell moment. And it, it's one of the best Hell in a Cells ever. It's so fucking good. And, like, it just, like, it was such a fulfilling moment. And it also felt so real because it is real like you know they wrestling is real it's i'm real. telling you i am telling you so of course of course of course vince mcmahon gets on the horn and is like one more so they have to wrestle one more match who do you remember who their last match is no it's daniel bryan and rowan so daniel wwe champion oh, yeah, daniel yeah. bryan and mm-hmm. Rowan come out, and they demolish the New Day. They, yes. like, go on a tear. Because Daniel Bryan, you know, I think we talked like, about him in the vagueness, but Daniel Bryan as a wrestler, I, I will, like, get on the hill and say that I think Daniel Bryan is the best wrestler, capital W wrestler, wrestling right mm-hmm. now. Full yes, stop. Yes, agreed. I agreed. think that he will easily go down in every pro wrestling hall of fame. Like, he is... He's an astounding worker. Like, he just does so much amazing art in the ring. And his whole thing for his whole career was he wasn't supposed to be there. Like, Mm -hmm. that's the beauty of his legacy is, against all odds, this guy became huge. Like, just became the guy in the WWE and has respect of every fan, everybody in the back. Like he's now just a ring general. Now he's all about like, who can we bring up? And that's what this like that's beautiful this moment, moment is. Yeah. Yes. And then of course we got Rowan, who's just like a monster, like 16 feet tall. I have no clue how tall he actually is, but <laughs> so they come through and they're like demolishing the new day. And at one point, Rowan, like, clears off a table, and he gets ready to, like, put Big E through. However, through mm-hmm. some, some good old-fashioned wrestling chicanery, they, uh, <laughs> they throw Rowan th- over the announce table, and then Big E pushes the announce table onto, Eric, onto Rowan. Eric Rowan's a different guy. Pushes the, pushes the table onto <laughs> Rowan, and then he gets back into the ring, forcing the referee to start the countout. And in a very brilliant way, WWE lets lets Biggie and the New Day win, and also doesn't have to get anyone pinned. Gotta love right. wrestling. Uh huh. But they win. But they, they win, win the match, and then Kofi gets to go to WrestleMania. Now we yeah. finally have the moment of of he's done enough. He is finally yeah. he has finally jumped through every every hoop, every hurdle, done yeah. done more than what is expected of someone. To have to be in this position to have this championship, and and it's just it's so fulfilling. Just to- it is, it is. No, I just I real quickly I just the brilliance of that it took his his family, his brothers, his just everything, his best friends, 
Like, it took them to win him that spot. Mm. They got it for him. Like, and it's just this, like, really beautiful moment that just, again, the veil of wrestling kind of drops, and it's legitimately two young younger guys in the business who are with their friend who has been through it all and deserves to be recognized, and they finally got it for him. And they're stepping aside and letting, letting him have that moment. It's so good. They're just crying, and Everyone's it's so crying, emotional. The music's playing, <laughs> and and you know the stinger at the end of the episode. You know Vince is getting into his limo, and they're like, "Hey, Vince, so uh, is Kofi going to WrestleMania?" And he's like, "Yeah, he's going." And I'm not going to do the impression. Uh, he's like, <laughs> he's like, yeah, he's he's going to WrestleMania. But can a B plus player defeat Daniel Bryan? Hmm. <laughs> So then we finally get to that, to that, to my favorite thing of in all of wrestling. I love wrestling. I love promos. I love vignettes. However, I think the height of what wrestling is, is the contract signing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it absolutely <laughs> is. Like, nothing better than we're going to get into our suits. We're going to have Michael Cole officiate. We're going to sit at these tables. We're going to cut harsh promos on each other. <laughs> and then... We're going to go away. <laughs> there, There's not a goddamn lawyer on site. There's like the, the contract looks like something created in like publisher. Like it is. Like, you ever get like a, uh, like a piece of paper to read in a play and it's just like auto-generated text. Yes. <laughs> That's exactly what each contract is in wrestling. It's just auto-generated text. Like, <laughs> Oh my god. Oh my goodness. Yeah, so oh. they have this wonderful, wonderful promo, and it's and it's Kofi just finally saying, like, hey, I deserve this. I know what I can do, what I'm about, and I know that I'm gonna beat you. Yeah. And it's just a very, a very great from the heart promo. Mm-hmm. Really great for like the go home to WrestleMania. And then we finally get there, finally get to WrestleMania, which is like a six-hour show. Ugh, Why is WrestleMania so long? It's too long. It's too long. I hate it. Listen, here's here's the hot statement of the year. WWE, your pay-per-view should never be longer than two and a half hours. No. WrestleMania, WrestleMania can be three and a half hours because it's WrestleMania and I will watch it. But they did two, nothing else. They did two nights this year. They split it up into two different God shows. Bless. And it felt like it was the greatest thing I'd ever seen. I just was like, oh my God, I get to go to bed before 2 a.m. Like, I'm so excited. I love it. And like, it was so, oh, it felt so good. But yeah, so, so they go, did. when when are they in the show? They're like middle of the card, I think. Yeah. They're like, because uh, this was the year where... um. I think I honestly think that even uh, even if uh, it weren't for Ronda Rousey, Charlotte Flair, and Becky Lynch, which definitely deserved to headline that WrestleMania, yes, yes, uh, I I think that if it weren't for that match, I think they would have headlined because the yes. other one was the uh, was the Royal Rumble winner, which was um, well, it was versus oh, Brock. Was Brock, Seth, oh. was it Seth? No, hold up, I'm I'm pulling it up right now because I need to know. 
but while you're looking that up, um, really great point. An extra layer onto this whole situation is that this is the first WrestleMania in 35 years to be main evented by women. And these three women have had the storyline of the year, especially one of them, Becky Lynch, who is like, who's the biggest thing in wrestling right now. So there's this beautiful thing about this mania is about people who have been ignored for so long, finally getting their due. Like it's like the theme of this WrestleMania, Mm -hmm. like Kofi getting that moment, the women getting to headline and Becky Lynch winning. Like it was about the, the underrepresented being represented. It was, it's a beautiful thing. <laughs> yeah. So I have the, I have the card wrestling card right here. And the, of the 16 matches on the WrestleMania card, 16 of the 16 Ugh. matches on the WrestleMania card. Yeah. Uh, they went on 10 of 16, 10. Okay. So they have already gone past a normal card. Mm-hmm. Like, a normal card's about like six to eight matches, truly, in in any other wrestling like situation. So we're already tired. Like we're already kind of like, uh, uh, and oh man. And here comes the new day, and everyone, everyone is behind it. Everyone's behind Kofi Kingston. Everybody uh, in that stadium. It was incredible. It is incredible the hype behind this one guy and you know he comes out and uh he gets a uh champion not champion but a championship uh challenger opening uh entrance uh which is to say i like when they do the they have their own individual entrances and then they do their ring announcements of who they are yes so he gets his moment comes out he parties with his with his pals and then daniel bryan rowan come out and uh, you you get the you get that moment that moment of here it is the for the WWE Championship Kofi mm-hmm. Kingston Daniel Bryan oh what oh but most importantly I can't forget uh, the first thing that happens before this uh, Big E comes with a box he has a box that he has um, and he's like this is, you get this after the match and he puts the box away when Daniel Bryan gets into the ring he has his WWE Championship they show it off and then they put it to, on a pedestal to the side. Right, I love a gun. Don't you love a gun? I do. Um, I do. <laughs> so they have this match, and I, dude, the match is great. It's, it's like so good because, like, like I, we mentioned before, Brian is a bit of a technician in the ring. He likes uh-huh. to use submissions. He likes to wear his opponents down. And Kofi Kingston is a flyer. He's a high flyer, so he likes mm-hmm. to do big, high maneuver moves. So it's really right. great to see someone like Kofi kind of wiggle his way out of weird holds. But it's also great to see Daniel Bryan be able to put Kofi in a position where he can show off how flexible he is and put him yeah. in a really weird hold where he makes his head touch his feet or some bullshit. <laughs> and uh, so they're having a very like physical match with the two uh, between the two of them. Mm-hmm. And and the entire time, you know, I'm watching it, knowing because I so let me also tell you this. Pause. The first time I watched this match wasn't at that WrestleMania. Uh, I had watched this match about almost, uh, I hate to think about it now, but almost about a year ago now, uh, 
more like 10 ish months when the uh, quarantine really started to like get under its way. Right. Yeah. So uh, I had mentioned before I had watched wrestling. I started wrestling in started watching wrestling in about 2008, 2009. And uh, when I got to college in 2013, I didn't have a TV. So I kind of stopped watching a lot of shows that I was watching at the time, wrestling yeah. being one of them. I always kind of kept my ear to the ground, knew what was happening. Uh, and I knew that this was something that was happening, uh, but I never watched it. But I knew that Kofi won. I knew he had this championship. And I knew he lost it to Brock Lesnar in 45 seconds on SmackDown. And That's we'll talk about better. that. We will. Like, I no, I have <laughs> We're going to talk about that today because I think it's a very important thing to talk about. But regardless, I agree. Um, So I I had watched this. I had come back to wrestling because of the whole situation. I heard that they were doing WrestleMania indoors. I just kind of wanted to see, wanted to a relive the glory days of when I watched wrestling, but also just kind of get a taste of what was happening. And so I watched this match, and I knew that he was going to win. But the entire time, there is there is such a tension in wrestling. Yes, like at any moment, I know what happens, but I'm like. Fuck, is Daniel Bryan going to make him tap out? Can yes. Kofi get to the ropes to get the rope break? Can? Yeah. What is going to happen? And and that tension is just so palpable because yeah. the stakes are so high. The yeah. What it means if Kofi Kingston wins is so clear to both of these men that they they put on such a show to really to really grip you on that. Yeah. Um. Uh, my favorite moment of the entire match, however, comes when uh, <laughs> comes when Daniel Bryan uh, doing some strong style stops on Kofi Kingston's uh, head. Right? Yes. Yes. Uh, only because later on, after some pseudo after a, a attempted interference by Rowan, uh, Kofi Kingston gets back into the ring. He gets the upper hand, and then he starts to stamp on Daniel Bryan's head and neck. <laughs> you know, Daniel Bryan's head and neck. The one that was so injured that he had to stop wrestling and probably could never wrestle again. And if anybody else, like in any other situation, they would have gotten booed like crazy. Oh, we cheered. We We cheered. cheered. (laughs) We were like, end Daniel Bryan's career right now, Kofi Kingston. (laughs) That man has had 70 concussions. Yes. But it's oh great. But, but at the same time, it's also like it's a super cathartic moment because it's yeah. like it's truly the moment of like, yeah, Kofi's got this. Yeah, it's after that, like Daniel Bryan uh, tries to get up. And as soon as he does, Trouble in Paradise. Remember mm-hmm. that one? Trouble in Paradise. Uh, <laughs> still the name of his finisher. And he Ugh. hits it and he wins. And it's just and he, and he wins. And I cry. And I cried yes. my eyes out because, like I said, this is only the fourth time that this has happened. The last time I watched wrestling and the last time a black person was champion was, was Mark Henry. So for me to see that nine years after that, so shortly after Kofi Kingston debuted, you know, here he is, top of the mountain. And, yep. and you know, he gets it's the WrestleMania. So, like, he gets his fireworks. Big E and Xavier Woods go out into the audience and get his kids. They kids. get his kids. Oh, so, first surprise, uh, Daniel Bryan, as we had mentioned before, he's doing this eco-warrior gimmick. Mm-hmm. And to like top off that gimmick, he replaced the WWE Championship with the 100% e- uh, uh, biodegradable championship. 
and it's like a wooden championship made of like wood and cardboard, and it's and awesome. Hemp. It's there's really like cool, hemp on it, but it's like, it's oh really my cool. god, it's I hate it. So they go over to the to the podium where the belt is, and they go, no, this this can't be it, and they throw it to the ground, and underneath it is the old championship with Kofi's plates already on it. So he can, so they give it right to him, and he, uh, get, and he has it, and he's holding it, and he's just—it's it's, amazing. It, it's so beautiful, and also the audience, the crowd is just so much for him. Just like there, it's so beautiful. They, there's a great moment in the match where uh, Daniel Bryan, one of his like signature moves, are the yes kicks, which is just where he literally kicks a guy in the chest over and over and over. (laughs) And so he's doing it to Kofi and like Kofi starts like getting up. And so he's doing the kicks like higher and higher. And then Kofi just smacks his own chest and is like, come on. (laughs) Come at me. (laughs) Come at me. And then there's this, this it's, it always gets me. It's genius. Whoever thought of this is genius. But the camera pans back, and you see the crowd, wavelength, all get up on their feet and start screaming for this one guy. And, like, I'm getting chills just talking about it right now. It's so silly. (laughs) It's so beautiful. Especially at WrestleMania, you you get people who watch wrestling who don't watch every every week TV. Who don't even watch every pay-per-view. There are people who legit watch WrestleMania – and don't watch anything. That's else. it. There are yeah. good people who go to WrestleMania, and that's it. Yeah. You know. So you have people who are the most committed to your product there. Yes. And you have people who, just like me, have been watching Kofi Kingston since 2008 on WWE ECW, being a bad <laughs> Jamaican, and and knew from then that he had potential, and been yes. seeing that potential being put to use, being squandered, seeing Kofi go the distance go far beyond what's expected of him and not be granted that. And finally here on the biggest stage of them all, on the on the biggest night of wrestling, period. Yeah. You know, yep. talk, can't talk about any other, not any other pro, uh, not program, not any other promotion, not any other product has something like WrestleMania that brings yeah. in people like WrestleMania, you know? Yeah. Uh, also, also, it's in New York, New Jersey, technically, but... Basically, basically, New York is uh, like understood to be kind of the home of WWE. Yeah, like Madison Square Garden, like everything about New York, it screams is WWE. And so, because it's Broadway, because it's theater, and it's like (laughs) it's so ridiculous, and it's like so beautiful, and so it's in the home of the sport, the company you love. And they gave you your biggest, it's to give people an idea, whenever you win the belt, it's literally like winning the Oscar right at that moment. Like, it's like, here you go. And it's also them telling you, we believe in you so much. And as a, as a person, as a talent, as everything, we're giving you this to literally be the person. It's so good. It's just... It is one of those, just one of those moments where you can show it to people. Cause trust me, there are people listening right now who 
like don't watch this have no clue and uh, much respect to you well done on being pretty normal (laughs) (laughs) but for the rest of us weirdos we just it was like such a it's one of those moments where we can show two people who don't know it and go do you kind of get why i'm i love this like for me it's always the bailey sasha at mm-hmm. NXT TakeOver Brooklyn. For me, it's oh that God. that match in that moment and everything that I show people and I say, I kind of understand why <laughs> I'm, I'm ridiculously obsessed with all of this. And it is one of those moments because it's just like, it's pure joy. It's pure joy. And it's also, it's also a relief because we are trained as wrestling fans and especially fans of the WWE to not get what we want. Yes. <laughs> like, we're we're, and, we're ready to eat that Roman Reigns sandwich. Uh, we're every, ready every to week. be disappointed all the time. <laughs> and then when they actually do what we love and what we want, it is it is like a weight being lifted off of us and it's a joy that you cannot mm-hmm. describe. <laughs> it's 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 just truly like wow, you you did it, Grandpa. You you got with the times. <laughs> you listened to us. You finally listened to us. And we know that in a matter of a few months, you're going to go back to being the dick be that in, you the are. Being grandpa. <laughs> so, because, yeah. because Kofi Kingston had a great run, frankly. Yeah. He, ran, he ran for about six months. Uh, Much longer than I thought. I was like way longer than I thought. Yeah, when it kept on going, like the next month. But no, for sure, he held it for like six months. He defended against Kevin Owens, uh, Samoa Joe, Randy Orton. Stupid, stupid. Uh, (laughs) But he like he had a really great run as WWE champion. Also at the time, uh, the Kofi, not Kofi, uh, the New Day, Xavier Woods, and Big E won the Tag Team Champions again, SmackDown uh-huh. Tag Team Championship, which, uh, as a member of the New Day, and thanks to the fabulous Freebird rule, made Kofi Kingston a double champion. He was <laughs> WWE and Tag Team Champion, even though he was never one of the three to defend it. Uh, but there you go, in fact, there. But Kofi Kingston had a really great run, really powerful defenses. And, uh, uh, however, of course... Uh, all good things must come to an end. And this mm-hmm. one ended terribly. Uh, yes. Absolutely terribly. Yes. So, uh, <laughs> WWE, so SmackDown, rather, was moving uh, from wherever it was before Fox to Fox. Yeah. Uh, it was going to start airing on Fox. And, you know, naturally, they want to make sure that they have a big opening night, mm-hmm. um, a big first uh, thing to show, like, how many people like the product and blah, blah. So part of the soup. So as part of the super card that was going to be the first episode of uh, SmackDown on Fox, we got Kofi Kingston defending his WWE Championship against Brock Lesnar. Now, <laughs> I'll start with this. I'll start with this. This is like the part where I take off my shirt and I have a Brock Lesnar shirt under it because I love. Because I love Brock Lesnar. All right. I, okay. I think okay because I think that as as a wrestling machine, as a wrestling monster, I think he does a really great job. I think he has. I think he does perfectly yeah. for what it is that he is supposed to be doing 
as his role on the card, being yeah. a, a, a big name, big monster beast. Yeah, he's he's truly the most frightening human you've ever seen in your life. He has teeth that look like Tootsie Rolls. They're so disgusting. <laughs> he looks like he just eats, like, raw steak 24-7. Yeah. And he kind of gives off the illusion that he is, like, a shaved down albino silverback gorilla like, like unironically like, like he's, un- he's like he's built like a gorilla yeah. he has like huge arms he has yeah. that like power gut and yeah. he's sponsored by jimmy johns every time and- he wrestles i want to eat jimmy johns <laughs> same and he also like he just gives off that energy of fuck it's that guy from high school that i fucking like i cannot stand and like who is probably kind of racist probably real problematic probably like homophobic like i just like everything about him makes me immediately like run to the other side (laughs) but as far as being an athlete and when he is committed in a match it he does really, really well. I, you know, I. He is an amazing performer. Yeah, last year I I was at Survivor Series at um uh, at Mysterio, State right? Arena. Yes, and it was him versus Rey Mysterio, and Rey Mysterio was probably what is he five six? Uh, like, he's, he's tiny. Yeah, like five yeah. six, five five, something like that. Like comparatively speaking, real tiny yeah. dude, and like there's no way he's winning this. But Brock sells a few moments in that match that legitimately, like, the arena was, like, shaking. Because people were, like, losing their shit. It was so good. To, to, to go on to SmackDown Live, the first episode of SmackDown Live, Russell Kofi Kingston, a man who, as we've mentioned, had met, had met glass ceiling after glass ceiling and just mm-hmm. always told no, finally get his chance be a very competent champion and have Brock Lesnar come in, defeat him in 45 seconds and send Kofi Kingston back to the mid card. Yeah. And there's no addressing of like a rematch, which is usually like addressed right away. There's no like, and the way that Kofi's booked is kind of like, Oh, well, you know, and like shrug. Yeah. Oh, well, pancakes. Pop, pop. Yeah. Here I am. Yep, I'll just, you know, I'll I'll go back to being your, you know, fun-loving good old dude and, like, everything. And it's so sad. It's, it's so... It's very upsetting. Because what he could bring out of people... And there was no reason that they couldn't have had, like, a legit match. Like, there's no reason for they it. They could have had a legit match. I, I'm not upset that Kofi Kingston lost to... Uh, to Brock Lesnar. I think if Kofi Kingston and Brock Lesnar had even a five minute match, you know, yeah, because like we all know that, like, you know, just some people, Goldberg, can't wrestle for very long, you know, <laughs> and that's fine, you know, yeah. I think it, it, even if they had just like a small five minute match where Kofi puts on a match, puts on a challenge, because we mm-hmm. all knew that he wasn't going to win when we yeah. saw that. And I don't have any problem with that. I know I like knowing the ending of the story before I read it sometimes. Yeah. But I just want I just wish they would have showed Kofi Kingston off as the competent, capable champion that he deserves to be booked as. 
Patriots. Yes. And even more that than that, I also think that he deserves to to be in the main event still, to be someone to be considered as a main event player, and at the very least to be someone who who cares that he just lost the WWE championship. Right. And that, that's the yeah, I just want him to care. Like I want to see him be upset. <laughs> Because we're emotionally involved. You made us emotionally involved. So give us a fulfilling ending. Like, come on now. (laughs) We just marked out for like a good... We just marked out like... (laughs) (laughs) So bad. So let's go ahead and add Kofi Mania, (laughs) Kofi Kingston winning the WWE title at WrestleMania 35 into our book of gas WrestleMania that's a say what you will about WWE every year they like put out bangers for their uh they choose bangers for their WrestleMania themes there was that year that they used like Flo Rida, like "Welcome to my house." Is that him? Who, who yeah, is I think that? that was, was twenty six. Yeah, twenty five. But and <laughs> it played so much. Everybody talks about how much it played at the at the event. That like it would just come on, and everybody would be like, because oh. <laughs> they'd just be like, "Welcome to my house." <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, oh. Flo Rida is my dad. Don't make fun of him like that. <laughs> <laughs> listen, Florida. Listen, isn't that amazing? <laughs> Remember the time that you figured out <laughs> Florida? I was, I was actually like kind of physically upset when I first found yeah. out. Like, I felt like I'll an do idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Making me look like a fool in my own house on my own iPod playlist. <laughs> How dare you, Mr. Ryder? <laughs> Please, Mr. Ryder's my father. Call me Flo. <laughs> oh my god okay all right so now let's move on to our gags of the week so my gag of the week that i just want to shout out first is i've been trying to get into the holiday spirit and watch some Christmas movies and everything. But on Netflix, there is a Christmas series, like an actual like show called Dash and Lily. Okay, listen. <laughs> it, is, it is teen, you've got mail. It's like, <laughs> it is two, like, of the most ridiculous teenagers that you're like, these don't exist. Like these these kids don't <laughs> these are exist. Awesome cartoons. Yes. And you are obsessed with every moment of it because it is just a charming, lovely show. And it's like such a shout out to rom-coms of the past. And like it's beautiful and it's um incredibly dynamic. It's kind of lovely. That is my gag of the week is Dash and Lily. It's on Netflix. It's eight episodes. They're 30 minutes each. 
So if you want to be like me and spend four hours one night, <laughs> you know what? Maybe. You can get through it. It is. <laughs> it's so adorable. Yeah. It's so charming. It's so lovely. Dash and Lily is my gag of the week. Michael, what is your gag of the week? Okay. I also uh, had a bit of a Netflix binge on accident with my girlfriend recently. Uh, we Great. watched uh, We Are the Champions. It's a Netflix documentary. Have you heard of it? Yes. Yes. I haven't watched it yet, okay. but I've so heard of this. The whole series is interesting because the whole series like watch is about like weird competition. So they do one about a hot pepper eating competition. They do one about bullfrog jumping. They do one about a fantasy hair competition. But my gag is there's one specific episode about dog dancing. <laughs> yes. It's about it's about people who like train their dogs to have like little dance routines, and some of them are like circus routines, kind of where they're doing like little tricks and like or like skits or whatnot. And some of them are like legit, like oh, this is a da- dog dance, and you see them like moving their little paws and stuff. And so the the doc follows this crew of Russian dancers. <laughs> And they're Russian dog dancers, and how the, the the lead woman wants to make wants to make it an Olympic sport, dog dancing. Yeah. And so, like her and her team of Russian dog dancers <laughs> go to this competition, and I'm not going to spoil anything else, but you got to check it out. Uh, dog dancers, dog dancing. We are the champions. It's, it's like episode four, but like you should watch the whole the whole doc, the whole series. I I need to check it out. I need to check it out. Good, good recommendation. Oh, Michael, this was the fucking best. I love this so much, sir. Where can people see you, watch you, listen to you? Yeah, my uh, my best form of finding out what I'm doing and what I think about things is my Twitter at uh, who Mike Jones twenty one. Uh, that's also the same handle I have on my Instagram, which I started using a little more recently at who Mike Jones 21. Uh, also you can check me out on my professional Facebook page, quote unquote professional, uh, facebook.com slash Mike Jones, F U B, uh, F U B fun fact. I don't know if you know this about me stands for flying ukulele brother. Me and my, me and my brother are both ukulele and, uh, he's the other flying ukulele brother. Uh, because I made my page first, so I got it. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And that's where people can watch your streams, right? Yes. And that's yeah, what, uh, I've been doing, uh, I'll be doing my uh, daily streams, especially uh, starting in uh, January. Uh, it's finally something to look forward to in 2021. Right? <laughs> finally. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't wait for us to get the vaccine and for us to go watch wrestling together. Oh <laughs> like, I, 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 I we'll am so ready. Audience, so we'll be all upset about everything. Michael, thank you so much for being on here. <laughs> thank you. And to everyone else, hey, keep on an absolute gag is produced and edited by me cover art provided by grace greenwood at 1310 studios follow her on instagram at 1310 underscore studios or visit their website at www.1310 spelled out studios.com 
Music provided by Vivera. Find them on Spotify and iTunes. Rate and subscribe to the podcast on all podcatcher apps, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Follow the pod on Instagram and Twitter at an absolute gag pod. Thanks for listening. Now pump it, queens. 